0: Down one. Thank you. Thank you. move down one yes, sir. Oh, sure. <laughs>
1: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. We're glad you're here today. It's good to share this time of worship and fellowship together and uh, hope that you'll be blessed as we all are when we gather in God's name. Uh, we welcome our guests, especially you're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God today. Uh, Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take those and uh, fill them out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, If you could do that, we would certainly appreciate it. And uh, I'd like to uh, bring you up to date on some activities that we have going on. First of all, let me say thank you to everybody who was involved with our lenten lunch service uh, this past week we had a lot of people who were involved in the service a lot of people who were involved in preparation for the meal and serving the meal and cleaning up afterwards and there was just a lot going on here on wednesday and it was a big success i think we had i think we served close to 140 uh people uh that for lunch and uh, it was a it was a great time and so we are grateful for all that you have done uh, to to make that possible this week's Lenten lunch service will be at the Presbyterian Church of Henderson and that's Wednesday at noon and we invite you to come and be a part of that as we continue journeying towards the cross during this season of Lent uh, we have several meetings today so please check your bulletin and if you're involved in any of those. Uh, please be there at the appointed time, including uh, today we have a meeting of our Upward Basketball and Cheerleading, so if you would like to be a part of that, uh, please uh, show up today at 3 o'clock and we will uh, be discussing uh, the, our, our Upward Basketball and Cheerleading program uh, we are also continuing to receive our forms for our um, Unleashed Debt Reduction campaign, and uh, we are grateful for those of you who have responded to that. Uh, we, and let me, let me tell you, to date, since the first of the year, we have made extra payments to our principal in the amount of $9,607, January and February. And February is not even <laughs> over, over yet. $9,607. So... Good job, folks. Thank you so much for supporting that we're, we're going to be continuing to do that over the next three years, trying to pay our debt down significantly over these three years and if you haven 't uh, uh, jumped on board with that yet please uh, there's still time well there's always time so uh, please fill out your form get it in and and uh, and start making contributions towards our payments uh, also tonight, we are going. It's not in the bulletin, but we're going to play volleyball. I think this was kind of an impromptu thing, but we're going to be playing volleyball today. So, be here at six, and uh, it's a great time. Just come and enjoy the fellowship. You don't have to be any good. I play, and uh, so come and just enjoy the time. And uh, Katie, where's Katie? Katie? Katie's back here. She wants to make an announcement about Matthew 25. Thank
2: you, Tim. Good morning, you all. How are you? Um, How many of y'all have ever attended Runway Red? I haven't yet. I'm new around this place. Um, Anyhow, it's going to be held this year on the 19th of March. It's $25 per ticket. So basically what it is, it's a fashion show slash, slash luncheon and it's $25 per ticket, and the proceeds go to the organization that I work at called Matthew 25. Um, What we do is that we serve the community by educating and treating those who are HIV positive. Um, This is an organization that I can say I'm a little biased, so I can say that um, we do a lot of good in the community and we really care. So I have a bunch of tickets up in my bag up there, um, enough for two tables. So if any of you all would like to purchase one, For me, you you can go ahead and grab it, or you can purchase it when you get here. doesn't matter to me. Um, But just know that I do have enough tickets on me to where um, we can fill up two tables. And I will be glad to see you all there representing both Community Baptist and Matthew 25. So let's go. I'll see you there. Thanks. (laughs)
1: Thank you, Katie. And I'm not biased and I will say that Matthew 25 does do a wonderful job in this community, a very important job. And so we're grateful, uh, to, to have them as a part of our community and grateful for your work there as well, Katie. Uh, Let's stand and let's greet each other in the name of the Lord and just spend a moment, uh, sharing the love of God with one another. Good Good
0: morning. let it be known that I did spill my breakfast on my sweater and it really bothers my wife in the auto section. <laughs>
1: that, that's okay, Mark. We all get a second chance.
0: <laughs>
1: and by the way, Jika, man, you are pounding it out today. Isn't that a great...
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like I'm in New Orleans here. (laughs) All right, let's get serious and pray. How about that? (laughs) Gracious God, you love justice and you hate oppression. You give peace to those who seek it and you condemn the rage of violence. When the floodwaters covered the face of the earth, the rain ceased so that you might give humanity a second chance. When you heard your people's cry in Egypt, you gave them a second chance, sending your servant Moses to bring a spirit of freedom. When your children were asked to sing their song in exile in a foreign land, you gave them a second chance, sending them home to prepare the way of the Messiah. Gracious God, Give us the courage to stand with you against evil and oppression and abuse so that your story of salvation may ring with truth in the ears of a hurting world. O God, we pray for those who are in need of the gift of faith, a vision of hope, and an experience of love. Pour out your Spirit upon us, O God, so that we, the church, might go out into the world faithful stewards of hope and love. May we celebrate the second chances that we have had in our own lives and may we offer those chances to others who struggle. Almighty God, You have given Your only Son to be for us a sacrifice of sin and also an example of godly life. Give us grace to receive the fruits of His redeeming work and to follow daily in the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.
0: Our scripture reading from today comes from Luke 13, 6-9. Then he told his this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for, for these three years I have come looking for the fruit of this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it all alone for one more year until I dig around it and put a manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Work. Thank you. Okay, you guys. I have a secret for you, okay? Do you want to hear it? Okay, here's my secret. I'm a failure. Yeah. I fail every day. Sometimes I fall over things that aren't there. Um, sometimes I forget what line I'm on at work and have to reorient myself. Yeah. Sometimes I lose my patience. Yeah. But you know what? That's okay. We get to celebrate that. I'm going to talk to you guys about why we're going to celebrate failure. Okay? Do you guys know what failure is? And That's kind of a big word. So it kind of all relates together. Um, The reason why I'm wearing this this attire is because, I don't know if you guys know, but I used to work in South Africa. I was in the Peace Corps, so I worked there. I worked in another country, so I worked with kids. So I kind of wanted to tell you guys a story today about a little girl. Uh, Her name is Fanele, and she is now nine years old. However, she was six years old when I came to the country. She was my host sister. So when I came there to work, I lived in a home with people and she was the smallest child in the house, right? So when I first moved there, I was kind of scared. I was kind of confused. People were saying things, I didn't know the language, right? So I was kind of like, oh, sometimes I would get frustrated and I would get kind of sad. I can remember um, maybe my third night there, my host mother wanted me to cook, to make a chicken for the whole family. And so it was kind of a, a long process because I had never done this before. And it was kind of stressful for me because I had I'd never done it. And so I just – sometimes I would get a little sad. I would be a little homesick, and I would get a little stressed. And I would sometimes not be so nice, sometimes a little grouchy. But my host sister goes back to her. She – Always, she never gave up on me the whole time that I was training there. And I have to tell you guys, like, she was seven, but we learned language together because she was learning English a little bit in her school, and I was learning to Petty, which was her language. So I can remember waking up one morning, and the night before, I had just said, you know, I'm done, I'm going to bed, I don't want to help her with her homework, I just want to sleep. And I was not very nice, you know, I, I was selfish, I just went to bed. And on our little chalkboard that we practiced our language on, you know what she wrote to me? you guys want to know she wrote i love you miss katie you're the best host sister in the whole world did i deserve that probably not i was kind of grouchy the night before i didn't give her my time i didn't give her my love but you know what she gave it to me she gave me a second chance and so for two and a half years i lived somewhere that i didn't really know what people were saying but i learned every day i learned how to eat the food there that was sometimes different It wasn't really pizza, you know. It was like different kind of food. So I learned every day that there are people in this world that will give you a second chance. So that culture there, that country there, they taught me a lot about chances and a lot about love. And um, the skirt here and this, this head thing are just some of the ways of which the people there showed me their love and their time. My grandmother there actually made the skirt. Um, she measured me for it and did all the beading as well as um, a lot of the stuff here. I kind of just wanted to show you guys. Um, she did the belt. But, you know, like the people there, they, they spent their time, lots and lots of hours teaching me baby steps, how to cook there, how to talk there, how to act. And they never gave up on me. And because of that, because other people gave me a second chance, I now have another home in South Africa. So what do you guys think about that? What do you guys think about my whole sister? Wasn't that nice of her? Do you guys want to see this stuff? Pass it around, I have the shoes, too. Um, The shoes, my grandmother made the shoes, too. So I'm going to let you guys look at that for a second. Um, But I'm going to tell you now, usually we would go upstairs when I'm finished talking but I'm going to be singing in the choir. So when I am done singing, then I'll come get you guys, and then we'll go up. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. All right, are we ready to talk to God? Okay. Heavenly Father, we all in this room thank you for second chances. We thank you for loving us and for accepting that none of us in this world are perfect and that we're all in process every day of different circumstances. We all have different things that we are facing. But we thank you today for people in this world that give us second chances and for seven year old Banele who taught me how to how to love and how to get over my irritability and grouchiness and give that love back to somebody. So God, we pray that as we go through our week that we can show others the same grace that you show us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Should I take the skirt off?
1: Join me as we pray. Lord, the hymn we sing says to give thanks with a grateful heart. We give gratefully because we know that we see that all we have comes from you. We give generously because you have blessed us so greatly. Bless these tithes and offerings to further your kingdom. In God's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Very nice, thank you. Rejoice. We've done some rejoicing, haven't we? There's a a great story about a farmer who had three sons. It was Ron, Don, and little John. And all had their names on the church roll, but none of them ever attended church or had time for God. And then one day, Don was bitten by a rattlesnake. So the doctor was called and did all that he could to help Don, but the outlook for his recovery was not very good. So the pastor was called in to the farmer's house. pastor arrived and began to pray. Oh, wise and righteous father, we thank you that in your wisdom you sent this rattlesnake to bite Don. He hasn't been inside the church in years and has shown little interest in you We trust that this experience will be a valuable lesson to him and will lead to a genuine repentance. And now, oh, Father, would you please send another rattlesnake to bite Ron and another one to bite little John and a really big one to bite the old man. For years, we have done everything we know to get them to get serious about you. And God, thank you for rattlesnakes. Amen. (laughs) That's some prayer, isn't it? We don't know if Don ever recovered or not from his rattlesnake bite, but if he did, maybe he decided that God had given him a second chance, and he started to attend church and to to get his life right with God. Second chances are good, aren't they? Some of you may remember a man named Alan Simpson who served with great, great distinction as a Republican member of the United States Senate from 1979 to 1997. It's from Wyoming. However, apparently in his younger years, Simpson's life was not so vigilant. Not too long ago, Simpson wrote a brief in support of a claimant in a case that was coming before the Supreme Court. And in this brief, Simpson admitted that as a juvenile, in his words, he said he was a monster. At one time, he was on federal probation for shooting mailboxes and punching a cop. One day when Simpson was in high school, he and some friends went to an abandoned war relocation structure and decided to set it on fire. They committed arson on federal property, a crime that's now punishable by up to 20 years in prison. Luckily, no one was injured. And Simpson not only played with fire, but he also played with guns. He played a game with his friends in which they they shot at rocks. But these rocks were situated close to the other participants in the game, at times using bullets that they stole from the, the local hardware store. The goal of the game was to come as close as possible to striking someone without actually hitting them. Again, Simpson was lucky that no one was killed or injured. Simpson and his friends were, went shooting firearms throughout their community. They fired at mailboxes and killed a cow. They shot at a road road grader. And federal authorities charged Simpson with destroying government property. He pleaded guilty, received two years of probation, and was required to make restitution from his own funds, which he was supposed to obtain by holding down a job. As all of this was happening, Alan saw his parents look at each other in just total disbelief. And for the first time, he saw his father cry. Fortunately, Alan Simpson got a second chance, and he became one of the most respected senators of his generation. But, you know, I have to wonder what would have happened if Alan Simpson had been A young black male from a poor family and had committed those same offenses. Would he have been given that same second chance or would he still be rotting away in prison somewhere? I'm just wondering. Do you believe in second chances? Thankfully, God does. Jesus told a parable. A man had a fig tree and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years I've been looking for fruit on this tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? And that makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, what good is a fruit tree if it doesn't bear fruit? He said it's been three years and it still wasn't yielding any fruit. And three years is the length of time that it takes for a fig tree to to mature and to become a fruit-bearing tree. So since it wasn't bearing fruit at at this point, after three years, it seemed unlikely that it would ever bear much fruit. And so the owner of the vineyard was making a practical business decision here. A tree's taking up room. It's, It's using fertile soil, which other trees might use. So just cut it down. But the man who cared for the vineyard tried to intervene. Sir, let's leave it alone for another year. I'll give it a little special attention. I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, we'll cut it down. Obviously, this man who cared for the vineyard saw some possibilities in this tree that the owner didn't see. The owner could only see a tree that that wasn't pulling its weight. But the man who looked after the tree believed that the tree deserved another chance. Thank God for second chances. Some of you may have seen the movie a few years ago called Catch Me If You Can. It was an exciting movie based on a true story about uh, Frank Abagnale. Uh, it played in the movie by Leonardo DiCaprio. Frank's dad, played by Christopher Walken, was in serious trouble with the IRS. His wife divorced him, and the breakup of this family had a profound effect on Frank, who was 16 years old at the time. And so he began to act out his frustration by impersonating adults engaged in various occupations. For example, he became a substitute teacher, even though he was only in high school himself. And then he impersonated a Pan Am co-pilot. After that, he became a physician. Yes, a medical doctor. How would you like a high school student or a high school kid operating on you? He impersonated a lawyer. And he, he funded all of these adventures by passing hundreds of fake checks. And he succeeded partly because he was, he was careful to dress right. I mean, after all, clothes makes the man, right, they say. And more importantly, because he possessed a convincing charm, enough charm to acquire information and hotel rooms and flights all around the world and oodles of cash. Well, in the film, a determined FBI agent played by Tom Hanks tracked Frank across several continents. And when he was finally arrested at the age of 26, he was sentenced to 12 years in prison. But Frank was given a second chance. You see, he was given early release in return for his skill and his expertise. As a consultant to the FBI and for thousands of corporations around the world, he is now known as one of the world's leading experts on fraud. I wonder why. (laughs) True story. Frank Abagnale and Alan Simpson are both men who could testify, thank God for second chances. But here's something that we should note. A second chance implies that we've done something wrong. You wouldn't need a second chance if you did everything right. So a second chance implies that we've done something wrong. And and we need to consider this for a few moments while we still have that word sin in our vocabulary. And I'm being serious here, folks, because the the whole concept that God would, would ever pass judgment on human beings is a concept that is fast disappearing from the American religion. David Brooks, in his book, The Road to Character, says that that we have done our young people a disservice in letting this ancient word, sin, slip from our modern lexicon. We have made it very difficult for our young to even talk about right and wrong. He's probably right. And you know me. If you've been in church here for any period of time, you know that I'm the kind of person who preaches 99% of the time about God's love and God's grace because I believe in that wholeheartedly, but from time to time, we need to face facts. And it's absurd to think that a creator God has no expectations from those whom he has created. A wonderful preacher, Tom Long, tells a story about one of his students who hailed him one day as he was crossing the campus Dr. Long, she said, could I speak with you for a moment? And Long said, I'm going to get some coffee. Would you like to come? And, and she did. And as they enjoyed their, their coffee, she told him what was on her mind. She said that she was serving uh, her so supervised experience in ministry in a local church and that her supervising pastor was requiring her to preach the following Sunday. And so Long looked at her and said, good. Good. And she said, no, it's not good. He's making me, me preach from the lectionary. And for those of you who may not know, the lectionary is a group of, uh, it's, it's a list of, of passages of Scripture that pastors often follow. Today's text is a lectionary text. It's a past list of, of Scriptures that pastors follow. And the idea is that over a three-year period of time, you pretty much cover most of the Bible, at least the Gospels. But she said, No, it's not good that he wants me to preach this year and he wants me to preach, or this week, and he wants me to preach on the lectionary text. Long said, Yeah, it's good. And she said, No, it's not good. She said, Have you read the lectionary text for this week? She said, They're all about judgment. And I don't believe in judgment, I believe in grace, I believe in mercy. She said, It took me three years of therapy to get over judgment. I'm not going to preach on judgment. And so they talked about it for a little while, and then they moved on to other topics. They began to talk about her family, and um, she said that she and her husband have several children, only the youngest of whom, a teenage boy, was still at home, and he was driving them crazy. He was into drugs, maybe dealing drugs. He was in trouble with the police. And she said last night we were sitting at supper, and we had no idea where our son was. No idea where he was, if he was alive or dead. And he comes in, in the middle of the supper, comes into the back door, and I said, would you like some supper? And he practically spit on us. Stomped back down, to his, down the hall to his room, slammed the door. She said, my husband got up and turned on ESPN. That's what he always does when this happens. And then she said, I don't know, something just got into me. She said, I'm afraid of my son physically. Physically, I'm afraid of my own son. But something got into me and I got up from that table and I went down to his room. I pushed open the door and I said, you listen to me. I love you so much that I'm not going to put up with this. And Dr. Long said, Caroline, I think you just preached a sermon on judgment. God loves us so much that God will not put up with the foolishness of our lives. We have foolishly hungered for success and power and status. And God says through Jesus, that's foolish. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and for justice. That's what makes life free and good. Jesus says that it's it's foolish to hunger for success and power and status. And I love you so much. And I'm not going to put up with that. To say that God gives us second chances is to imply that God stands in judgment over the foolishness of our lives. You see, God created us to bear fruit. And those of you who are involved in Upward this past year, you can say them with me. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, thankfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And to think that God would forever put up with our lack of fruit and even the bearing of bad fruit, that simply defies logic. And we don't know what form God's judgment may take, whether it's in this, in this world or the next world, but God does judge. If nothing else, we see our foolishness take its toll on our bodies, our relationships, our reputations, and on our wit- witness to others. The late humorist Louis Grizard once said that thinking about God's final judgment over our lives scared the you-know-what out of him. One day he said he received a questionnaire in the mail titled, Heaven, are you eligible? Grizard said that he took the test and he scored too close to call. I suspect that all of us might score too close to call. So thank God for second chances. But a second chance implies that we're not living our lives at the highest level that we need to do. And we need to change that. We need to do something about that. And that's called repentance. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? And who can argue that the owner had the right to cut down that tree? I mean, look around you. That's how all of life is ordered. It's part of the law of sowing and reaping. Sow all the wild oats you want, but eventually there will be a harvest. Well, folks, life's second chance is what the cross is all about. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? But the man who cared for the vineyard replied, Sir, let's let's leave it alone for another year. I'll dig around it, pay special attention. I'll give it more fertilizer, and if it bears fruit, fruit next year, fine. If not, we'll cut it down. That man who cared for the vineyard obviously represents Christ. Someone once called Christ the forgiving side of God. And that's not a perfect statement theologically, but for our unsophisticated minds, it'll do. But we read in Hebrews 7, verses 24 and 25, But because Jesus lives forever, He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Second chances are what the cross is all about. And Christ lives with God in order to make intercession for us. But the question is, what will we do in response to the second chances that God gives to us? Do we continue to make the same foolish mistakes that we always do? Or do we change our ways and begin to to bear fruit for God's kingdom? We are making our pilgrimage through the Lenten season. On our first Sunday of Lent, we made note that temptation is a test. It's not designed to defeat us, but it's, a, it's designed as an opportunity for us to grow stronger. And last Sunday, we saw how Abraham was tested when he doubted God's promise that God would provide him with a, an heir. This, this test was another way of making Abraham stronger. And in the same way, second chances are designed to help us, to help us learn learn from our mistakes, to grow stronger as we make our pilgrimage through life so that we might bear more fruit and better fruit for God. I love the way Louisa Tarkington once put it. She wrote, I wish there were some wonderful place called the land of beginning again, where all of our past mistakes and heartaches and all of our poor, selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never be put on again. Well, my friends, there is such a place, this land of beginning again. It is at the foot of the cross. Lent is a reminder to us that we have all missed the mark, every single one of us. I'm looking around in this room and I don't see a single perfect person. And if I had a mirror up, That would include me and the choir. (laughs) Lent reminds us that we've all messed up. None of us is perfect. Our fruit at its best is shabby. But Christ offers us a second chance. And a third chance. And a fourth chance. So won't you accept his gracious offer today and make a new beginning in your life. Amen. Let us sing today uh, together today our closing hymn, Beneath the Cross of Jesus 291. Um, and this is such a perfect hymn for us to finish with because it is at the cross of Jesus where we find this second chance and that's the challenge I leave with you today accept the gracious mercy of God accept the second chance that God gives to you and, um, and bear fruit for God's kingdom let us sing together journey through Lent, toward the cross and resurrection, to cut away the dead branches, to fertilize our roots, and to soak in the living water and the life-giving light of God, so that we may be fruitful for God's kingdom again.
0: Amen.